0: Welcome to The Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Woo, happy Mother's Day. I came downstairs this morning and there was flowers and cards and my oldest son Matthew said, Santa brought this for you. I was like, Santa remembered Mother's Day? Oh, my God. Um, so I hope Santa brought you ladies some beautiful gifts this morning. Um, you know, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a work-from-home mom, a single mom, a first-time mom, a veteran mom, <laughs> a crunchy mom, a Taco Bell mom, Um we have an amazing tribe of moms at this church, and I am so honored that we get to do this together and that we get to mother and raise, raise the next generation together. So, um, <clears throat> and to my sisters that are waiting and longing to be mothers, the Lord sees you and hears you, and I hope that you're reminded of that today. And guys, if you're a little bit behind the eight ball today, it's not too late to give her what she really wants. She doesn't want to cook, and she also may just want to be alone. So <laughs> maybe just let her go off to Target by herself, or maybe you leave the house and she can enjoy her house by herself. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing, it's just there's a lot of touching and asking and... Sometimes you just want to be alone, so um, so I'm Lauren, by the way. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll just get like halfway through here, and uh, I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, I serve on the worship team here at the dwelling, and um, love this church, love our pastors. We have the best pastors in the world. Um, yep, that's right, that's right. Um, happy Mother's Day to our uh, first lady. Bethany, we love you. We miss you. Um, What I'm going to talk about today is uh, pretty simple. It's a singular phrase that I'm going to say a lot, and it is dig a ditch. Dig a ditch. Look to the person next to you. (laughs) Say, touch your neighbor and say, dig a ditch. Um, I always wanted to say that. Um, So, (laughs) this will make more sense as we go. So, let's just get into the scripture. So, Little little history corner, little history lesson. We're in uh, Second Kings today, and at this point in the story of the Israelites, um, Israel has split into two kingdoms. There's the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. There's uh, Israel and Judah, and they have a series of kings, and none of the kings in the Northern Kingdom serve God faithfully, and only. Eight of the 20 kings in the southern kingdom serve God faithfully. And so a key group of people is introduced at this point, and that's the prophets. And the prophet's job is to hear from the Lord on their behalf, to call them back to the Lord, to remind them of the covenant that they have with the Lord, and we would likely be familiar from this period of time with two of the prophets, Elijah and Elisha. So we're in 2 Kings 3 today, and the backstory is King Joram succeeds Ahab as king of Israel. When Ahab was king, he had a deal with the king of Moab that the king of Moab would give him a bunch of sheep and a bunch of wool, and when Ahab dies, the king of Moab is like, never mind, I don't want to do that, and so he kind of backs out of his side of the deal, so King Joram is like, well, that's ours, like, they need to give it to us, so he goes, and he visits um, the king in Judah, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. thank you, and he says to the king of Judah, basically, hey, this king in Moab, is not holding up his end of the deal. Will you go confront him with me? And Jehoshaphat's like, sure. So they decide that they are going to, they're going to take their armies and they're going to go through the desert of Edom. So King Joram of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the King of Edom and all their armies, they set out to confront the king of Moab. So that's the backstory. That's a big backstory, sorry. History lesson over. So we're going to pick up in verse 9. 2 Kings 3, verse 9, it says, So the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom set out. After they had traveled their indirect route for seven days, they had no water for the army or the animals with them. Then the king of Israel said, Oh, no. The Lord has summoned these three kings only to hand them over to Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? Let's inquire of the Lord through him. One of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, who used to pour water on Elijah's hands, is here. So they, the three of them go to see Elisha. And Elisha's like, I don't like him. Talking about King Joram because he's not a good king, he doesn't serve the Lord. So <clears throat> um, but Jehoshaphat does, and he's like, Well, since you're here, I will ask the Lord what he's saying. So Elisha prophesies for them. In verse 15, he says, Now bring me a musician. That's a whole word in and of itself. While the musician played, the Lord's hand came on Elisha. Then he said, this is what the Lord says. Dig ditch after ditch in this wadi. For the Lord says, you will not see wind or rain, but the wadi will be filled with water and you will drink. You and your cattle and your animals. This is easy in the Lord's sight. He will also hand Moab over to you. About the time for the grain offering, the next morning, water suddenly came from the direction of Edom and filled the land. So these kings... Are walking through the valley of a desert. Awadi is basically a valley. So they're walking through the valley of a desert. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, we don't have water. Did the Lord just bring us out here to die? And then they receive this simple word from the Lord, dig a ditch. Dig a ditch in this valley. That's it. That's all he told them to do. Um, Has anyone ever felt like they were just living in the valley of a desert? (laughs) Yeah, that's a rough spot. And um, we all find ourselves there at different points in life. Like, no shame. You didn't do something wrong. Sometimes you're just in the valley of a desert. And um, we find ourselves wondering, did God just lead me this far and then, like, peace out? Like, he brought me all this way and then he just left? So this morning, I want to talk about digging the ditch. And digging the ditch is anything that is an expression or response of faithfulness and obedience. So I want to focus on two seasons of life when a response of faithfulness and obedience is maybe most difficult, but so necessary. But before we go any further, I want to be so clear That I'm not talking about hard work. I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. I'm not talking about earning God's favor and blessing. You cannot earn God's favor and blessing. And that's good news. So this message is not about earning God's love. You cannot earn God's love. He actually cannot love you more than he already loves you right now. So when we talk about this this morning, we're just talking about our response to being loved, not our, like, trying to get love or earn love. This is just our response of faithfulness and obedience, um, and it's in response to his faithfulness. God is always the initiator. So with that being said, let's look at these two places or two seasons of life when it might be hardest but most vital to remain faithful. First, I want to talk about faithfulness in the fog. Has anyone ever felt like they were in a fog? Maybe like you can't quite see, you can't quite feel. If you've ever been in a really thick fog, like trying to drive in a thick fog, it's pretty scary. Um, But it's like your brain is foggy or like your senses are dull That was a lot of last year in my life. It was a lot of kind of trying to understand why I couldn't feel God's presence. I would do things that I knew to do. I would do things I normally do. And it just felt like this routine. Like It just felt like, well, I know the boxes to check, but I'm not feeling God's presence. I felt so numb. I was you know planning worship sets <laughs> and just thinking like it would be great if i felt something you know while i was doing this cuz you kind of feel like you're just faking it <laughs> and um <laughs> come on sister so i would do a lot of things to feel god's presence i remember saying specifically to some of my friends like i just can't even cry like I'm not even like, I want to be like moved, you know, and you're just like, oh, and you look at someone else worshiping and you're like, they are like feeling God and I just don't feel God. That's me, the person leading worship. <laughs> so um, that's that. But sometimes in life we're just hit with this kind of fog, like this kind of just dullness. Sometimes it's a dark night of the soul. Sometimes it's just good old-fashioned depression. Um and it can be so difficult to want to carry on when there's no feeling. Or just plain and simple like you don't feel like it. Um, and the th- But the thing about feelings is they are great indicators and they are really bad dictators. They are good passengers and horrible drivers. And... Um, you know, we have plenty of voices in culture reminding us how important it is to feel our feelings and um, how our feelings are valid. And they are. Your feelings are important and they matter. God created them. They can't really be evil if God made them. But the tension of that is that there will be times, especially in our walk with God, when we have to learn how to respond in faithfulness and obedience when the feelings don't match. Feel your feelings. Feel all the feelings. We're trying to, you know, gentle parenting experts on TikTok want us to teach our kids how to feel their feelings and to be like, yeah, you're feeling angry. I see you feel angry. Now, why do you feel angry? Oh, you feel angry because... Luca knocked down your tower. Well, it's okay to feel angry. This is how we express feeling angry. That's all well and good, but, like, sometimes you have to respond in a way that does not match how you feel. And my feelings at the time, it was mostly, you know, depression and just feeling detached. Maybe the feelings you feel this morning are disillusionment or disappointment or discouragement or any of the D words, you know. Or maybe you're angry, maybe you're offended. Whatever the feeling, maybe it's just not matching, it's not propelling you closer to God. It's not helping you in your pursuit of God. And maybe it actually seems like that feeling is pushing you the opposite direction. So what can we do when, we find, when, when this is where we find ourselves? We can dig a ditch. When you cannot feel what you want to feel, Or when your feelings don't match where you think they should be, dig a ditch. What does this practically mean? Show up. Keep showing up. Keep doing the next right thing. Keep opening your Bible, even if it's to read a psalm that does not change how you feel. Keep coming on Sunday. Keep going to therapy. Keep going to community group. Say yes. Stay instead of run. Don't give up. Whatever it is that God asks you to do, respond in faithfulness and obedience by digging a ditch. Yeah. And again, this is not to earn something. This is just because this is our response. If you don't know what God is asking you to do because you can't hear him or you can't feel him, just do what you know to do. Open your Bible. Go to church. Talk to, talk to a friend. Serve. Spend time with him. Look for him. Do the last thing you remember him telling you to do. Dig a ditch. Do you think that these three kings and their armies felt like digging a ditch in the valley of a desert? I have never in my life wanted to dig a hole in the desert. I don't want to dig a hole at the beach. So (laughs) this thing is like digging a ditch doesn't is not necessarily the thing that's going to like change how you feel all of a sudden. It's when God fills it with the water. (laughs) What I'm saying is it's a sacrifice of praise that is pleasing to God when you are faithful in the fog, and God will meet you there. In Romans 12, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Sometimes offering yourself as a living sacrifice means responding in faithfulness when your feelings don't match. Think of this in the context of marriage. I love marriage and um, I love being married. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. And, um, but when we get married, we we think that our love is going to be the thing that sustains our marriage, but it's actually your marriage that sustains your love. The covenant you make is what sustains your love over time. It's not your love. That's going to sustain your covenant. <laughs> My husband just got a revelation. Um, <laughs> It's your faithfulness to the covenant that you made. It's the same in our walk with God. What keeps us is the faithfulness to the covenant. It's not how we feel. Ooh, faithfulness to Jesus in view of his faithfulness to us. Choosing God when you don't feel like it or don't feel him is an offering you can only give him on this side of eternity. We don't have to worry about this in heaven. Thank God. <laughs> but right now... This is a pleasing offering to him to be like, you know what? I do not feel like it, but I will get out of bed today. I will open my Bible. So what ditch did I dig? I did things purely out of faithfulness and obedience. And because I kind of felt like, what else am I going to do? You know, it's kind of like Jesus gave a really hard teaching in the gospels and a lot of people walked away from him. And he looked at the disciples and he was like, are you gonna walk away too? And they were like, where else are we gonna go? (laughs) You have the words of life. That's pretty much how I felt. I was like, well, where else else am I gonna go? So (laughs) I stayed in community. I kept opening my Bible. I made myself uncomfortable and talked to my doctor and asked for help. And let me tell you what, it was a slow dig. If you are, it was kind of like a, just a little hand shovel. i was just like working away. <laughs> and um, let me tell you, if, if you're in a valley, if, if you're struggling with depression, or even if it is just a fog, just a season, it's not always helpful or ever helpful, really, for someone to be like, hey, try this. Hey, my second cousin's cousin's wife's brother did this, and they were fine. And so... <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to do. Be gentle with yourself. Sometimes the ditch you dig is just saying his name. Sometimes it's just showing up. It's just starting small. Because with each ditch, there's a chance for water. There's a chance for a miracle. God brings the water in the story. All they did was dig the ditch. And then God brought the water. God provides. But we can do our part and dig the ditch to receive it. So the second, um, the second phase, uh, second season of life I want to talk about that's difficult is faithfulness in the unknown. I really like instructions. I like a syllabus. I like a rubric. I like a uh, step-by-step, you know, I, I like to know exactly what is coming. And life just does not work that way. I don't know if anyone has noticed that, but... One of the key parts of this story in Second Kings 3 is when the Lord says to them, you will not see the wind or rain. These guys go back and tell their men, hey, we got we to gotta dig a ditch. And, and this is, must be a big ditch because it's enough for all of their armies, all of their animals to drink. So they go back, they're like, hey, we got to dig a big ditch. And I got to think like the people in the army are like, there's not even a cloud in the sky, like there's no evidence of water. Uh, when my husband and I moved to Savannah in April of 2018, we actually moved here to plant a different church. And first of all, church planting is hard. Hear me, saints. Church <laughs> planting is hard. It is not for the faint of heart. It is extremely difficult. And before we had even reached the year mark of living here, our church plant decided to dissipate. Not because we wanted it to. Um, We didn't really have any control in the situation, but we basically got taken out to lunch, and we were told, hey, that was our last service. And um, we were just here in Savannah, a very still, unknown city, Still using GPS to get everywhere. <laughs> not hardly any friends, no church community anymore. Um, a city that we moved to because we felt like in some way we were supposed to, and then there was nothing. Like, overnight, wow. nothing. And uh, so we kind of just weighed the options, like our, everyone else that we moved here with, we moved here with maybe like maybe like 10 people, not, not a lot. Um, do we leave? Do we go to a different church in a different city with people we know? Do we go home? It was a very unknown territory. And I had never remembered a time in my life I was not part of a church. Thankfully, like, thank God I grew up in church. And now all of a sudden I was like, I don't have a church. (laughs) What? And, um, Not only that, but our church plant was part of a global movement, a global family of churches that I had been a part of since I was 11. So it was just rip, just rip. I mean, it was the most like clean break (laughs) of our life. And um, I genuinely felt lost. I didn't really know church outside of this one context. I didn't know if other churches would be as good of churches, I didn't know, I didn't know how to trust anybody in leadership anymore, and so, um, spoiler alert, we did decide to stay in Savannah, (laughs) but that was because we dug a ditch, we, digging the ditch was us saying, okay, we think we're supposed to move here, so let's just stay here, I was literally eight months pregnant, (laughs) so there was that, and my husband was in a new career, and we were like, well, we're just going to stay. We're just going to dig that ditch and stay. And we lived in an apartment um, when we first moved here, and it had a little pond in it. And I would walk around this pond in the mornings just kind of like talking out loud to God. It was someone called that praying, I guess. And um, I felt like King Joram in 2 Kings 3 when he was like, did you just bring us out here to abandon us? did you just bring us to Savannah to leave us? Because that's kind of what it felt like. We were just digging a ditch, staying, but we were just waiting. There was no wind. There was no rain. Um, Sometimes we have to wait into the unknown and just keep digging with no evidence of what's to come or how God will show up. And we have to be faithful in our response to God and keep digging. And that's hard. That's hard. It's hard to say, it's hard to hear, it's hard to do. So some of, the, some of the other ditches that we dug in that season were that we visited churches. We talked to some people that we trusted about how we were kind of processing everything. We showed up at that church that we visited again. Um, we were doing things and just kind of like, I mean, I don't know, we'll just give it a go. <laughs> And little by little, there was water in the ditch, just a little bit at a time. It's not a, it wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't like scoop, throw, oh my gosh, there's water. Like It was a slow process. And there are some things we expected about moving to Savannah that we still haven't seen. And the only thing that I know to do is to keep digging just the next right thing, the next ditch, the next expression of faithfulness and obedience. If it's just saying yes, if it's just serving, if it's just being like, well, I know God has put us at the dwelling, so I will say yes here. I will serve here, I will be planted here, and I will just like root myself down so that I can flourish, because that's what I know to do. That's the ditch that I'm digging. Adam, you can uh, come back and help me. Help me, brother. If we had not dug a ditch by visiting the dwelling and then dug another by visiting again and then dug another by joining community, we could still be in a complete desert, yeah. which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, we had our part. God, we're going to trust you. We're going we're gonna to just, just try. I think God loves when we try. Don't just think, like, just think about it. I have a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old who want to help do everything, and they are not super helpful. <laughs> but when they want to try to help mop the floor, I'm just like, Oh, okay, give it back. But <laughs> it is cute. that like, I think God likes when we try. Maybe that's the reward, you know? Maybe he's rewarding the fact that we're doing something, yeah. you know? We're like, God, I don't know if this is the absolute correct response in this moment, but I'm going to put it before you. That's all that he wants. It's not like a magic formula. When they felt like they were going to die, and then after telling them to dig a ditch, the Lord says, this is easy. (laughs) He will also hand over Moab to you. They weren't even asking about that. They were asking for water. And he's like, oh, that's easy. You know the thing that you most want right now is easy? It's easy to God. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. The thing that you're asking for, it comforts me to know the thing that I most worry about or the thing that I'm most concerned about. He's like, that's easy. (laughs) In seasons of unknowns, And simple trust and faithfulness and obedience. God will not just give you what you need. He will do more than you ask or imagine. Because it's who he is. Not because this is a magic trick or this is some kind of prosperity gospel garbage. It's because that's just who Jesus is. He does more than we ask or imagine. He's so infinitely faithful. That's why we keep digging when he says to dig. It's just like we were singing last week, he's never failed me yet, and I know he won't fail me. I've seen it with each ditch, with each dig, with each little hand shovel at a time. He has been so faithful, way more faithful than I will ever be. He will always be more faithful than we deserve. That's what keeps me faithful. You can't outdo God in faithfulness. You can't outdo God. Maybe this morning you're in a fog. You can't feel Him, or your feelings are maybe driving you away from Him. You can't experience Him in a way that's familiar to you. Or maybe you're in an unknown. Maybe you're in a, a an unknown season. You don't know what's coming, or you don't know what's next. Dig a ditch. As, I, as I've mentioned this morning, that looks different for different people. I can't tell you what your ditch is. Digging a ditch could be worshiping when you don't feel like it. Digging a ditch could be reading scripture. Digging a, a ditch could be saying yes. It could be saying no. It could be turning an opportunity down. It could be staying instead of running. It could be showing up to mom's group again, even though maybe you didn't connect last time. Digging a ditch could be pursuing a new friendship even though you're scared. Digging a ditch could be coming back to church next week. Digging a ditch could be having a hard conversation. Digging a ditch could be a lot of things, but it's just a response. It's some kind of response. It's doing what he's asked, as simple as it is, the next right thing. I hope this morning that If you are in a fog or if you are in an unknown, maybe there's already something coming to mind that you're like, oh, that's my ditch that I need to dig. When he shows it to you, just trust him. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't put it off. When he shows you the ditch, just dig it. Just dig it. Give yourself another opportunity to see how faithful he is. Just give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance to witness how faithful and how good and how loving he is. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, your word says that to the faithful, you show yourself faithful, and to the faithless, you remain faithful. You are faithful when we're not. And I'm thankful for that, God. And I'm thankful that when we respond to you, when we respond to your love, you're faithful. You fill the ditch. Only you can fill the ditch. Only you can fill it with water. Only you can give us what we need and then some. Only you can do above and beyond what we ask or imagine. I'm so thankful for your faithfulness this morning, God. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. God, we've all seen it over and over again. Remind us this morning, God, of the times that we dug the ditch and then you filled it. And then you filled it and then you filled it. God, you're so faithful. And we thank you this morning, Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters, God, that are in a fog, that feel disconnected, that feel detached. God, help them, show them the ditch to dig. Help them to be faithful to dig. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, I know that you can do miracles. And you can heal. And healing is a process and miracles are instant and we're thankful for both. I'll take either, honestly, Lord. (laughs) And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are just in a season of unknown, just unsure of the next step to take. God, I pray that they would trust it in your hands, trust it to your hands, God, and that they would just do what you've asked them to do. You didn't ask them to solve every issue. You didn't ask, you didn't ask us to solve every problem. You didn't ask us to plan the next five and ten years of our life down to the every detail. God, you asked us to trust you. You asked us to call on you. You asked us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and everything else would be added. God, help us to start small. Show us this week how to start small in our trust and in our obedience to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, happy Mother's Day. We'll see you back next week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.